Hi, I'm Jason Scors, and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. So today's episode is inspired by a book I just read from 1966 by Martin Luther King Jr. And the book is entitled, Where Do We Go From Here?, which is the title of this episode. And the book has a subtitle. Uh, It is Chaos or Community. And I think that pretty much sums up this moment in American life in American politics, in American society. Do we go down the rabbit hole of distrust, chaos, violence, the the right-wing madness that Trump and his minions are selling? Or do we actually build community and build a multiracial, multi-ethnic democracy as we have aspired to do since our, maybe not our founding, but throughout, you know, much of American history. Will we live up and build the aspirational America or will we fall back on the America of white supremacy and racism and plutocracy? So let me take a few moments to just speak about this book that, that you know, MLK wrote more than 50 years ago, which is really just quite outstanding. I really highly recommend everybody read it. I was going to put that in the antidotes, but I'll just say it right up front now, which is please go and read that book if you have the time. Get it from the library. You don't have to buy it. In fact, I really recommend people get books from libraries. You don't have to give more money to Amazon. Uh, And it's a short book. It's a little less than 200 pages or around 200 pages the version I had, so it's quite a, a short read, but it's just dense, and it's one of those books that you could underline, obviously if it's your own owned copy, you could underline and highlight, but it would it would become almost ridiculous quickly because you would underline and highlight so much that it would be get too messy, and so it's better to just read it and don't highlight it, don't, don't try to, you know, summarize it and, and, and condense it. Just read it for what it is, which is really one of the greatest Americans of our 200 plus year history at the peak of his intellectual powers. So it's just, it's a stunning work. It's brilliant and it's in many ways hopeful and it's just deep, deep moral introspection. It's also undoubtedly somewhat depressing because the book could have been written today. You know, the stuff Martin Luther King Jr. is grappling with, the observations he has about American society are as searing and deep today as they were more than 50 years ago, which goes to show that we haven't made nearly as much progress as maybe we think we have or we thought we had at least before the election of this racist lunatic um, who's currently leading our nation. 
But I don't think, you know, we should think that we haven't made any progress. A lot of progress has been made. America in, in many, on many dimensions is better than it was in the 1960s. But I, I think we'd be kidding ourselves to think that we've really come as far as a half century uh, as we, you know, uh, uh, as we should have, given that we know what we need to do. So this episode is dedicated to the themes of that book and really t- trying to answer the question and, and, and talk about next steps. Before I get into that, I do want to talk a little bit about a, a, a real time with Bill Maher, uh, new rules from, from a while back that I just, I think is really, really powerful. And it's, he kind of goes on this riff about how modern conservatism is a form of kind of addiction. And he goes through how, you know, first it was the kind of the Rush Limbaugh, you know, peddling the hate on AM radio. Then it kind of went to the internet and it went to kind of Breitbart and the kind of more conspiracy theories. And then all of a sudden now it's Infowars and Alex Jones and Trump. And and he makes a really, I think, cogent point that like all drugs, hate and rage and resentment you build a tolerance to it and you need more and more. And so if you think about it, that explains why the right wing kind of hate media has had to kind of turn the volume up to 11 because just saying, hey, the liberals are coming, you know, to make a bad society and they want to tax and spend, you know, and conservatisms are free markets, the kind of original nonsensical, but yet the original right wing memes don't carry the water for those who get addicted to that after a while. And then you have to just up the ante. And now liberals are coming for your children and they're going to make the whole country gay and they're destroying American civilization and they're going to ruin everything good and they're bringing in immigrants and they want to destroy Christianity. But you just have to keep upping it and upping it because there is no end when you get people addicted to this kind of conspiracy theory rage and if you're in it for profit right remember the the right-wing media is in it to make money and so as a good drug dealer they keep increasing and improving the product and that's the way we really should think about this that the right-wing media political landscape are pretty much drug pushers they're drug pushers to kind of keep a large base addicted to rage while they just plunder the country and run off to the bank and, and and to make this really concrete the right wing project really has been about enriching the rich right that's what it's been about it's about enriching the rich and they have succeeded for the first time in a half century right around the time actually when Martin Luther King wrote where do we go from here the billionaires that 0.1% are now paying an effective tax rate lower than people who make $25,000 a year. So in that sense, the right wing on the economics have won. Their goal was to make it that the rich do not get taxed very much, and they have literally spent 50 years cutting taxes on the wealthy, and they have succeeded. So that if you are a billionaire, you now pay less taxes as a percentage of your income than a janitor making $25,000. It's just a stunning, stunning victory for plutocracy. Uh, And now this isn't a permanent victory, right? This is, they spent 50 years doing that. And now hopefully it won't take us 50 years to reverse this 
this uh, regressive taxation system that they've built. But it is a, a stunning fact that that's really what their goal was. All the racial and cultural issues are meant to distract and keep the base riled up while they just enrich the rich and they've been incredibly successful at it. So before I end this segment, I just want to say there's a difficult thing to juggle in these kind of conversations. And that is that in, order, in terms of priority, our first order of priority is defeating the right wing, right? The right wing are just doing incredible damage to our society. And if we don't stop them soon, there's not going to be that much left to fix because our society will be so frayed and really the fabric will, will be too destroyed to, to kind of rebuild within any short time frame. But these people are also victims, right? The Trump supporters who are watching Fox News six hours a day and veins popping out of their head. You know, the, 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 the right-wing Christians who have just been fed this steady dose of lies about both religion and about the right wing and about liberals who live throughout this country in this kind of alternate universe that's close to fact-free. These people are also victims, and they are a big part of America. They are 30 to 40% of America, and we need to bring them back into the fold once we defeat the right-wing movement. That is a hard thing to juggle. We definitely need to defeat the right wing before we, you know, before we can build a better society. But we need to do two, two things. That's to defeat them and then to embrace and help heal them. And juggling these things is going to be quite difficult. But we really need to keep that front and center as we go forward. So after the break, I'll talk about my take on where do we go from here. Jackets his back, flexes, thoughts for the moment Scratches his head and does his best James Dean Well then, there and Diane gotta run off to city Diane says, baby, you ain't missing nothing But Jackie say, oh yeah, life goes on Long after the thrill of living is gone Okay, so first step in where we go from here and answering that question to try to promote community over chaos is recognizing who we truly are, right? All the wisdom traditions of the world talk about knowing thyself as that is the first step towards wisdom. And I think one of the real negative aspects of American society is that we love to sweep the tough stuff under the rug, right? We have a really hard time having sophisticated, honest conversations about, you know, the ills that plague our society. And, you know, on the right wing, as soon as you criticize America, it's, you know, you're not patriotic, love it or leave it, all that nonsense. And then I think on the left, sometimes, it can get into just all negative, right? All the negative about America and not in the positive. And it's very hard to have an honest reckoning about who we are as a nation. And, and obviously there is no single answer to this. And, and me as an individual will only have an incomplete answer and, and you all will have your own answers. But I think there's a few key things that we can 
we can throw out there. Right. The first is, is that we are a country that still more than 240 years after our founding have not lived up to our ideals. Right. That we have very, very noble ideals about everybody being treated equally and nobody being above the law. And anyone can be you know, an American citizen and, and, and become part of this great society. But we have never lived up to that. Now, maybe this is a, a kind of the perfect state of you know, opportunity and justice is inachievable you know, at all. But we've never really taken it serious enough to give it a good shot. We've made incremental progress and we are certainly much more just than we were at our founding when you know, obviously slavery was the norm and uh, you know, women couldn't even vote. But we have still fallen woefully short. And I think that's just a reality, right? That we have fallen woefully short of our ideals. But the ideals themselves are quite noble. And I think a framing for how we go from here is we want to live up to our ideals. We want to make America be its best self and to actually provide that level of justice and equality that has really inspired so many. I think we should also acknowledge that other countries are grappling with this too. That part of the reason it's so difficult in America is because we are so diverse, right? Most countries that are much more peaceful and stable have much more homogenous populations. And even they fight and kill each other in, uh, you know, in huge numbers. So I think we should acknowledge that what we're trying to do is very difficult that we're a big, diverse country with an incredible, you know, wealth of, of ethnic and religious and cultural history, but that we have fallen way short of where we, we want to end up. I think that's a fair reading of the American project in 2019. I think another thing to point out, and this is a little deeper, I think, is that we are a deeply traumatized nation. We have both inflicted incredible violence on our own people and other people in the world. And we have also um, been the victims in many ways of our own worst elements. And so there's just an incredible amount of latent trauma in the American DNA, whether it's from slavery or genocide or the Civil War or the Vietnam War or the Iraq War. We are just a deeply traumatized nation and that gets into the bones, it gets into the marrow, it gets into the DNA, it can be passed down across the, the generations. You know, we have a kind of almost collective PTSD, and I don't want to say that in a way that, that belittles people who have actual PTSD, but I think in some level there's, a, there's an underlying amount of that, a, a certain baseline that it just exists across the culture. We are a particularly violent culture. If you look at the amount of you know, rapes and murders and gun deaths in particular, uh, they're really outliers in the, the kind of the modern context. Although, again, I'm not saying that you know, the uh, other societies are, are, have a perfect record. It's also important to point out that our violent crime rates have dropped dramatically since some of the peaks in the 1970s. So we certainly have made a lot of progress even if the, the absolute numbers are, star, are, are, are quite uh, stark. So the, the point I kind of want to end this segment on is that 
the American ideals are just. And if we can just move towards them and really, as a community, agree that that is the goal. The goal is a society free of racial prejudice, free of injustice, free of uh, the situation where rich people can get out of, you know, um, can break laws and get out of jail card free uh, because they have money and connections. Right, where anyone born in this country has the opportunity to get a good education and succeed in life. If we can all zero in on that, we might disagree about how to get there, but if we can just kind of come back to that shared sense of purpose, I think that will go a long way. And to do that, we need to acknowledge where we've been, that we've fallen short, and that there's a lot of trauma in our system that we have to work through. Right. And so the final point I want to make is that we got to have the uncomfortable conversations. We got to put things out there in the open. The time for sweeping things under the rug is really over. It just doesn't work. That stuff comes back in other ways and it really becomes insidious. And, uh, you know, America, I don't think can be caricatured, even though we're, you know, we live up to some of the worst stereotypes. I think we're a sophisticated And in many ways, well-meaning people, we've just been misled by some very bad actors. And I think because we haven't worked through our trauma, we're just we haven't healed ourselves enough to really move forward confidently with purpose. And so that's kind of part one of my uh, answer to the where do we go from here? Okay, so now moving on to the next segment, I think what's clear is that the American project going forward must be about shared values. That's that's the glue that can stitch this society back together, right? So we need to downplay the ethnic and racial aspects of, of our society and focus on the values. Now, I want to be clear here that I'm not saying we shouldn't point out racism, we shouldn't fight racism and, and sexism and anti-gay and transgender bigotry. We absolutely should. But I think we should do that more through the lens of shared values, of enfranchisement, of civic participation, of the rule of law, of respect, of opportunity, of community, and point out that when We have systematic injustices that certain groups of people are being targeted or marginalized or don't have equal opportunity, that that goes against our sense of shared values. So again, I understand that this is a tough needle to thread, right? I don't want to ignore racism and sexism, and I don't want to kind of shunt it aside, especially in this day and age when it's clear that a lot of racism and sexism are really animating a lot of the political actors in society. 
But I think the way, the kind of the Jedi way around this is to keep coming back to bigotry and racism are bad because they're immoral, but they're also bad because they, they go against the shared values that define the American project, right? That that's the whole point, that America in its, you know, in its idealized view would, would judge people truly by the content of their character, right? That MLK's dream that an individual would never be judged by any kind of racial and physiological characteristics, that is only possible if we provide equal opportunity and equal justice and equal respect. And I think the enfranchisement part is key, that if only if everyone can is allowed to participate, right? So the all the voter suppression efforts, right? Those should be, you know, highlighted as clearly going against the American project of true democracy, right? And so, you know, a, another angle to this is that really the genius of the American project is that we constantly renew ourselves, right? That racial and ethnic heritage isn't the membership card. It's not that you're, you know, a white Protestant that can trace your family lineage to this, you know, 1600s in New England that makes you an American, but a commitment to the shared values, to the ideals laid out in our founding document, which documents which have been amended, right? Which weren't perfect in the beginning and have to be continually amended and assisted in trying to reach this aspiration that we're heading towards. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the most brilliant politicians of our era, particularly, you know, the Barack Obamas, uh, have really spoken to this. They've known that the way to kind of build the majorities in America is to speak to our shared values and de-emphasize the kind of the, the things that are you know, quick to divide us. Again, it's a very hard, you know, fine line to, to trod there. And, you know, sometimes it takes brilliant political orators and leaders like Barack Obama to, um, to manifest them. But I think this is something we should all aspire to, right? When we, when we confront bigotry and hatred and, and plutocracy, just continually point out that that violates the spirit of the American project. That the American project really is supposed to be equality and justice for all. And I think coming back to that will be effective because very few people want to argue against that. Very, you know, even the people on the, on the right wing, they, you know, they've convinced themselves uh, that they're still upholding those values. And to continue to point out that what they're doing contradict those values, I think will be uh, very key uh, to this larger effort of, of building community instead of chaos. So after the break, I'll come back with uh, the antidotes. I felt so good Like anything was possible Hit cruise control And rub my eyes The last three days And the rain was unstoppable It was always cold Okay, so the antidotes for today. I'm going to preface this by saying I am somewhat conflicted. And so 
this is going to be a little meandering for a moment, but bear with me. And so I have deep love and affection for much of America. I always have. I've been quite fortunate to have a pretty good life here. And there's a lot I love about this country. But our duplicity and the systemic racism really continually confounds me. I hate more than anything liars and hypocrites. And it seems that in American society, we have elevated those to the highest ranks of power. And that's very hard for me to stomach. And look, I'm a privileged white man. I can't truly imagine what it must be like for someone who endures decades of bigotry to live in a country that prides itself on fairness and justice. I mean, just imagine that. You know, you're, you're getting you know, racism and, and slights your whole life, and yet you're in a society that just talks about how great it is and how fair it is and how just. You know, I have no idea what it must be like to be a voter in this society who continually is fighting an uphill battle because your votes are getting suppressed and you're in a country that supposedly is fighting wars to spread democracy around the globe, right? These contradictions for other people just must push, push their kind of mental stamina to the limit. So the antidote that kind of comes out of this is that we all need to try to make peace with America. Right? If we are going to really build community and not just descend into chaos, we need to make peace with this country on an individual level and then collectively. Because this country needs engaged citizens more than ever. So whatever conflicts you have with the American project, I, I really urge you to try to work through them. Now, maybe you're lucky and you don't have any conflicts. You have a very clear sense of America and where you're, you know, your place in it. And that is great. If you are one of those people, then maybe help others gain that perspective. And if you're like me, if you're struggling with the contradictions of this potentially great nation, I would recommend then, you know, discussing this with family and friends and colleagues and try to reach some equilibrium. Because if we're conflicted inside, it's hard to put forth a kind of a confident voice and a confident vision uh, which is really what's needed as a kind of stabilizing factor in this in this era of chaos. And the final point I'll just make is that, you know, in this era when there's so much dishonesty and so much of life is a scam, really at the highest levels of power, everything seems to just be a scam and a con. I think, you know, falling back on your own moral compass is incredibly powerful, right? Just saying, you know, no matter what, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be, you know, work with integrity and treat people with integrity. No matter what's going on around me, no matter how much this society is trying to bring me down into this chaos, that I'm going to refuse to give in. That I'm going to, you know, be, be a moral person and stay true to the values that define this, the greatness in our country. And whether we get to live it you know, and see it and, and get to that goal or not, that the process is what matters, that, you know, you're going to be one of those people that really works for the aspirational goals of America. And, you know, you're going to hope we get there. But if not, you know, you did your best. And, and that's what, you know, you, what puts, you know, allows you to go to sleep at night. So that's, that's kind of heavy, obviously, I guess all this is heavy. But after reading that book, you know, Where Do We Go From Here by MLK Jr., it just got me thinking, and I highly recommend that you read it. And that might be a good uh, gift to give for the holidays. You know, uh, get a couple copies of that from some people you love. 
And uh, with that, everybody, I hope you have a great rest of the week. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. And uh, with that, take care.